Picture this. You're enjoying a day in the woods on vacation with your husband and young daughter. You're carefree and joyful. Your daughter goes babbling off in pursuit of something innocent, perhaps an imaginary friend. Next thing you know, she has disappeared without a trace. There is no one else there with you, so what could it be? A Bigfoot. Yet another reason we don't look in the trees. Good afternoon, my fine forest friends. Today we're going to be digging into Bigfoot, its history, its origin, and a truly terrifying listener tale that you have sent in for me. Anthropologist David Daigling claims that the legends of the Bigfoot exist before there was even a name for the creature. There are varying details about the Bigfoot which depend on geographic region and differences in familial heritage. On the Tool River Indian Reservation in California, petroglyphs were created by a group of Yokuts at a site called Painted Rock. These petroglyphs allegedly depict a group of Bigfoots called the Family by those who discovered it. The local indigenous people call the largest of these glyphs the Hairy Man and estimate that the glyphs are between 500 and 1,000 years old. Ecologist Robert Pyle argues that most cultures have some account of these human-like giants in their folk history. He says that each of them have some sort of need for a larger-than-life creature, quote-unquote. Each language has its own name for this creature, something along the lines of Wild Man or Hairy Man. Members of the Lumi Nation in the Pacific Northwest of the United States tell tales about the Squemex, their local version of Bigfoot. The stories are all similar to one another, but they cannot nail down the creature's natural tendencies and habits, including its diet. There are regional versions of this creature which are more threatening. The Tesaya, or the Kwei Kwei, were nocturnal race of this creature. Children were warned against saying the names or else the monsters may carry them off. Sometimes even kill them. The Iroquois have a tale of a hair-covered giant with rock-hard skin known as the Otniyariehe, or stone giant, more commonly referred to as the Janasqua. Paul Kane reported these stories by the natives about the Skokoms, a race of cannibalistic wild men living in the peak of Mount St. Helens in northern Washington state. There was a violent encounter between these beings and the miners in 1924. On July 16th of that year, these men reported to the Oregonian that they had been attacked by a group of ape men, or so they called them. This area is now referred to as Ape Canyon. President Theodore Roosevelt wrote in his 1898 book, The Wilderness Hunter, that he encountered an elderly mountain man named Bowman, who recounted this tale of encountering a Bigfoot. He said that a foul-smelling, bipedal creature ransacked his beaver trekking camp, stalked him, and later became hostile when it fatally broke his companion's neck in the wilderness near the Idaho-Montana border. Roosevelt said that Bowman appeared fearful while telling the story. There are less menacing versions of Bigfoot, however. Reverend Elkanah Walker encountered in 1840 that she had heard some indigenous people near Spokane, Washington, telling stories of the giants. These giants were said to live on and around the peaks of nearby mountains and would steal salmon from the fishermen's nets. So, what's the origin of the name that we call it today, Bigfoot? Jerry Crew was a bulldozer operator in a logging company in Humboldt County, California in 1958. He discovered a large, 16 inches, 
set of human-like footprints sunk deep into the mud of the Six Rivers National Forest. He went to tell his co-workers what he saw, only to have them inform him that they had seen, seen similar footprints at previous job sites. They also reported that they had seen an oil drum weighing 450 pounds, having been moved without explanation. The logging men in this company began using the term Bigfoot to describe this creature who had left its prints and moved their equipment, instilling a sense of paranoia among them. This was not the first use of the name, however. In 1830, Wyandotte Chief in modern-day Wisconsin was named Bigfoot due to the significant size and strength of his large feet. Lakota leader Spotted Elk was also called Chief Bigfoot. Across the U.S. and Canada, Bigfoot is known by a variety of names. These regional names could describe a completely different creature. Send me an email if you think that the creature in your area shouldn't be considered a Bigfoot, so to speak. Sasquatch, a common name in Canada, used interchangeably with the name Bigfoot. A skunk ape, which is common in Florida. The Grassman of Ohio. The Fouquet Monster in Arkansas. A Wood Booger in Virginia. Monster of Whitetail in Whitehall, New York. Momo in Missouri. The Honey Island Swamp Monster in Louisiana. The Dewey Lake Monster in Michigan. The Mogollon Monster in Arizona the Big Muddy Monster in Southern Illinois. Bigfoot are said to have a variety of behaviors which are widely disputed by skeptics and the like, being easily hoaxed. These behaviors include wood knockings, which is repeated knocking or tapping sounds produced by objects such as rocks or logs. They are also claimed to throw rocks at those who search for them in an assertion of territorial dominance. More interestingly, and sometimes disturbingly, this behavior has been observed. This includes broken or twisted foliage in areas where Bigfoot are reported. Some of these reports include bent, uprooted, stacked, or even woven lodgepole pines that could be territorial markings. Entire deer skeletons have been found suspended high up in trees. An amateur group known as the Olympic Project in Washington State claims that they have found a collection of primates' nests which were verified by primatologists and have been made by a primate. So what does Bigfoot look like, and how can you protect yourself from him if you are in one of the areas where things are seeming to be a little bit more violent than other locations? So Bigfoot is, as we said, described to be six, seven, eight, sometimes even nine feet tall, and covered in a dark, foul-smelling hair. If you've ever smelled like a beaver or anything like that, it's it's musky to say the least. And that is said to be one of the first things you can tell if a Bigfoot is near. The overwhelming pungent rotten egg mixed with musk and dirt and fecal matter smell just assailing your nose. Like our doubters said, tree knocking is a thing that you could experience if you're so lucky. Loud banging, not just a woodpecker. We all know what a woodpecker sounds like. Loud, percussive, repeating banging. And that's what a lot of professional Bigfoot hunters do to try to attract Bigfoot to them, is knock on trees and hope that someone responds. Their screams or calls, their utterances, let's say, have been described as bellowing. And not a scream like a woman screams, but almost like a more primal version of the standard Tarzan yell. 
There's also been almost sounding like a man imitating a chipmunk sound that they've been known to make. Almost like a passive form of communication to let you know that it's there and for you to be just a little bit on edge because that's not exactly something you experience in the day-to-day. People have said that they found long hair and, of course, the reason why we call him Bigfoot, incredibly large footprints in the mountain soil. Now, if you're lucky enough to see a Bigfoot, he's tall and thick, two cues thick. He's known to move incredibly swiftly and quietly, but also at the same time a little bit clumsily. Like, he really knows how to make the best of the situation that his body has given him. And like we've heard before, they can leave large nests. And if you're lucky enough to stumble upon one, you might find some long Bigfoot hairs there, too. Now, the best way to keep yourself safe from these is A. Chances are, the Bigfoot knows that you're out there and doesn't particularly want to engage with you. But if you want to make sure that you're safe from the large man that lives in the woods. Just be loud, of course, like always. Be in a group and don't be on at night. That's just the best way to protect yourself from anything out there. Unknown critter or real critter or known critter or like, you know, murderers. Best thing to do is be out in the day in a group, just all around. Keep yourself safe out there, friends. Also, they don't like fire. So if you're camping in the middle of the night and you want to make sure that you're really repelling anything that could be out there, Keep a fire going, wake up every hour or so to attend to it, or have a rotation if you're with friends. Keep yourself safe. Now, I have a listener tale of something crazy happening in in broad daylight. Are you ready for this? Because I know I'm not. I found you on TikTok and love your content. Thank you. I've also experienced a lot of spiritual and creepy experiences with ghosts, demons, etc. But I wanted to share a story that happened while we were in the Upper Peninsula of Michigan, where my husband grew up. We were visiting his family and my two-year-old disappeared for whole five minutes. We had come home from a weekend of boating and my husband, brother-in-law, my brother-in-law's dog, myself, and my two-year-old were out playing in front on the grass. My little girl came running down the front of the house and she was literally there and then just gone. I realized she was missing about a minute after that. I figured she went to get the football that they were throwing or do her usual run around the yard and come back to us. Once I realized she was missing, the first place I checked was the car. She was too small to open the door and couldn't crawl up. I thought maybe we'd left the door open and she went into the back door. Nope, not there. Then we started searching everywhere around the property, screaming her name. She has never been the kid to run away and play games. She was always with us and always laughs or yells when we call for her. We literally searched high and low everywhere. My in-laws live in the middle of nowhere in a very wooded area, so the worst of the worst thoughts came. We kept searching around the house, inside the house, everywhere. And by that point, I felt like I can't breathe. I'm sobbing and my husband is freaking out. The dog is freaking out. My brother-in-law is freaking out at one point. I'm close to the woods and I hear a scream, but it sounds way out in the distance. It was haunting and felt like I couldn't reach her. All of a sudden, right after this happens, my husband has this weird feeling come to him to go check the car again. He does, and she is standing right in the front seat. All the doors are closed, and she looks completely disoriented and confused. All of us got chills up our spine. 
It was so bizarre and out of this world, it felt like she got dropped back into that spot. I knew for sure when I scanned the car that nothing was there and I checked everything. The trunk, the back seats, the floors, under the seats, the front seats, everything. Also, she was not strong enough or tall enough to reach the handle, so being able to get in after we checked didn't make logical sense. So we get back from our trip and a month later, I went with a friend to get a tarot card reading. And when I started my session, the reader asks if there's anything I wanted to know or questions I had. And immediately what came to mind is to know what happened to my daughter for that five minutes she disappeared. I didn't share where we were or what setting we were in. I just said my daughter literally disappeared for five minutes while we were on vacation. And I wanted to know if it was just an accident and we didn't see her or if something actually happened. He starts pulling his cards and talking to my guides. And he looks at me, did you happen to be near a wooded area? And I said, um, yes. And he goes, okay, don't get weirded out, but I keep hearing Sasquatch. Like it's the spirit of Sasquatch, and it's able to jump through portals in the woods. There's no bad energy, but it's directly tied to your daughter's gifting. She's very spiritual, and from what I'm hearing, she literally portal jumped and came back. He went on to explain that because we have Native American in us, my husband is 20% Native American and I'm 10%, that our bloodline is connected to the spirits of the land, forest spirits, and that my daughter has a gift to communicate with them and with the dead. She also has my spiritual abilities super enhanced, and he explained that this was a test to see how I would react. It also confirmed to us why she wakes up at the same time every night in her sleep. She never wakes up fully. We call it a turnover cry. He brought that up too without knowing about this. He just said, Your guides tell me that she wakes up at night and lets you know that this isn't a coincidence. She is actively jumping portals in her dream, and all of this is preparing her for when she can do it in the future. She will help souls transcend to their next life. It gave me chills and confirmed so much. Though what was very in line with your content, and it would at least be a fascinating story of the many submissions I'm sure you get. Thank you for reading it if you get this far. I did. The story is the most chilling thing in my life. I'll never forget it. Sending love and blessings, Rach. Wow, Rach, that is so crazy. The fact that your daughter is going to be so connected to the unknown and unseen world around us is just such a beautiful gift. And I hope that she can navigate things safely and respectfully. And I'm grateful that you got answers because I'm sure that was so terrifying for you and your husband. I'm glad she's safe. And what an interesting encounter with a Sasquatch. Everything I've heard says, you know, they'll be knocking in the woods. Not many people get to experience a Bigfoot like that in a positive spiritual way and I'm grateful that she jumped back into our realm to say the least well my fine forest friends I'm planning on doing uh, another deep dive on this subject on TikTok as well I hope to see you out there and I hope you keep safe and remember don't look in the trees (laughs) 